Hello, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Husted. What's up, party people? Howdy, everybody. Uh, we're looking at another afternoon broadcast. Uh, today, at Wednesday, was actually my birthday, so I had stuff going on, so we went ahead and, and ended up having to delay. But no worries, it gives us time to let things... Happy birthday, Tyler. Uh, thanks, man. Gives us time to let things digest a little bit, I feel like, and, and we can come back with uh, some added perspective, I would say. Um, that being the case, since I'm at work in like a weird kind of gym closet, I am uh, not drinking anything, not even water right now. How about you? <laughs> I'm drinking coffee left over from this morning that I just heated up. It's delicious. Um, oh, I bet it is. Nothing like reheated coffee to get the brain juices flowing. <laughs> awesome. Um, before we kick things off, as usual, want to thank everybody for continuing to send in their ideas and questions and stuff like that. Uh, keep it up. This American Horror Story at gmail.com, facebook.com, slash This American Horror Story. And also, you know, we're continually loving and really sincerely appreciating when you guys go on iTunes and rate us, review us, that sort of thing. means a lot. Uh, before we break in to Room 33, which was this week's episode, there are a few emails that had some interesting points I wanted to talk to you about first. All right. Um, we've, we've kind of been collecting potential ideas. We've kind of been collecting potential ideas for season six right now. Um, you know, people are looking for hints and clues in the season of Hotel to indicate what's going to go on in the next season, which is always, you know, what they try to fit in. Um, so I think some of the ones we've discussed so far, we, we discussed potentially Outbreak was one, I think, that people mentioned. Right. Um, and there were some other ideas that kind of were in and out. I think maybe we talked about maybe like one at a school, some stuff like that. Um, Jason wrote in and said that he had um, an idea that potentially they would do one um, American Horror Story cult. And he had a couple reasons to think that would be a possibility. Um, one, he said, was when Donovan is yelling at Iris about the weird food she fed him as a kid. She, um, he talks about um, like being in the cult that made him like uh, – it was like he ate so many carrots that, you know, his poop was orange or something like that. <laughs> so he mentions a cult there. <laughs> And then uh, in the episode, not this week's episode, but the week before, um, when John's like going crazy explaining to the police chief what's trying to explain to the police chief what's going on, um, he mentioned something potentially being, you know, everything being perpetrated by a weird cult potentially at the hotel. So um, I think that could be an interesting idea. So let's kind of keep filing these in the back of our head. And uh, I don't know, I think pretty soon we're going to have to do a roundup of what we think would be, we would enjoy most as a potential season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but generally doesn't. Ryan Murphy say, okay, in this specific episode, whatever it is, um, is when you will get a hint on what the next season will be about? Or or has he said this season, it's just, there's, there'll be hints everywhere? I haven't seen anything specifically said yet about this season. Um, that's not to say he hasn't, so if someone knows Right, usually it's later in, in the, the season. Past, I think he is... Right, and I feel like sometimes he either does that or he'll go in and say, actually, you guys should look, go back and look specifically at this episode because we have a clue in there. Right, okay. So it, it could be one or the other. Um, also, Jason had a good theory that the um, drillbit dildo guy <laughs> is uh, specifically associated with addiction. He's like a metaphor, essentially, for addiction. Oh. Uh, which makes sense if you kind of if think of the people he follows. Right, you know, and... He's always with Sally. And he has a dick... Shen. Right, so, <laughs> they, well, in the most literal sense, <laughs> but you know he he st- I think uh, Jason wrote that he sticks his dr- uh, his drildo inside the junkie and ruins their body unwillingly. His drildo, in an act of cyclical <laughs> irony. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good one. So, anyway, I, I appreciated both of those theories from Jason. So certainly, uh, keep sending your ideas along, guys. But without yep. further ado, let's dive into room thirty three. All right. Now, Chris. Now, Chris. Yes. Uh, we got kind of a very exciting connection to kick things off here. You want to talk a little bit about it? Uh, yeah, we finally get the the direct connection and relationship between this season and other seasons, which, as many of you predicted, and as Tyler, I believe you predicted as well, we get to visit Murder House with uh, with um, the Countess. I think her name they call her is like Mrs. Johnson or something very generic 
who shows up to see Doctor, I forget his name. He's the guy who built the house. Montgomery. Montgomery. Um, uh, seeking a little uh, assistance with an unwanted pregnancy. And it's all shot in black and right, white pretty and, uh, beautifully. Yeah. Right, you know, they're always so good at doing kind of those looking into the past scenes. And um, we're looking at, obviously, Dr. Charles Montgomery, who was a character in season one. He's the one who performed all these illegal abortions in the basement of the murder house. Um, also, a reminder that he's this the actor, I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he plays Gavin Belson in Silicon Valley, for those who watch Silicon Valley on HBO. Great show. Uh, I was curious. Um, I was like, he looks so familiar, and it's not just murder house. It's something else. You're totally right. Oh, my gosh. He's such a sleazeball in that right. show. Yeah, um, and of course, in this particular situation with the Countess, he's performing a very, um, very late-term abortion. I think she says it's three weeks, but clearly, uh, unless, like, demons just grow faster than other babies. Oh, homegirl has, like, like, a full-term like, baby, it looks like. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, and this whole scene is, like, <laughs> it's a little so bit gross. graphic, just in this, I mean, yeah, they're, like, well, and I think they're both... Um, what is what is that stuff that the doctors like? Ether. Let's sniff at that point. Ether. Nitrous oxide or ether, is it ether? Yeah, yeah it's ether. That's Which right. Which makes ether. sense because as we've talked about addiction, that doctor was addicted to sniffing, to huffing. So. Yeah, they're huffing ether definitely, and um, doing. Yeah, I mean, a couple things that we should note here. They know the countess's body temperature, so we know at this point she's already turned. This is in 1926. Right. That's right. Correct. So by 1926, she's. By 1926, she's already been turned into a vampire, which is, um, excuse me, worth noting. Um, <clears throat> another thing worth noting here is, um, are you are you sniffing I mean, ether over there? No, my nose is bleeding a little bit, but I'm going to try to power. <laughs> oh through, man! So I apologize. This is creepy. <sighs> Shit. Do you need a tampon to put in your yeah. nose? That'd be kind of nice. Let me see if there's tissues in here. I apologize. Hold on one sec, everybody. I can dance around this. It's okay. My dog just is playing with this like this pig right now that like oinks when he bites it, and I just had to run over and get rid of it. When things get dry in the winter, I end up getting a bloody nose ah. sometimes. So. Apologies. Anyway, uh, back to the okay. So she's pregnant with somebody's baby. Obviously, I think that the most common belief is that it is the baby of um James March. James March, and even in the teaser for next episode, I think we see uh, we, it's finally revealed that she is in fact his March's wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Ex-wife, wife, so something. But at that point, they have a relationship yes, basically. Yeah. So I think I mean I wouldn't be surprised if Bartholomew is March's. Baby. Did you think my first thought was that killing streak straight from the beginning jumps right out? Yeah, I, I was saying my thought initially was Bartholomew was going to be the monster or. That was up in the attic, or the the what was the baby in the basement called? Infanta. Infanta, like like something along the lines of that. Well, and kind of is in some ways. I mean, I mean, yeah. It, it don't in um, Murder House doesn't the demon do the same thing? Like roll the ball out? Yeah, I believe so. Who's what's this so demon going around knocking up all these women? Uh well, March apparently. Well, Evan Peters apparently in every different yeah. in every form. Yeah, he's got some super sperm <laughs> or evil sperm. Right. Um, and so let's follow this. Uh, I kind of combined the Liz Taylor, Tristan, Countess, Bartholomew storylines all into one because cool. they kind of they all overlap. Weave in and, out. Yeah. and so does so does the lowest storyline a little bit. So. Um, we'll jump back and forth here with things, but I definitely want to talk about everything that's going on. So were you satisfied, first of all, with this kind of connection to season one? Do you think this is the last we'll see of a connection to Murder House? Uh, I don't think it's the last. I think it was predictable, um, but not in a disappointing way. I mean, this, it, it was the most uh, logical connection that they could make, uh, and and it was made, and it's fun, and it was a little interesting and different because of uh, the, the terms on which the uh, connection was made, meaning it, it, it helped move the storyline story line along with uh, the countess's having being a mother, which another theme is parenthood and especially in this one it's parenthood again. Uh, but 
I, I think it was, yeah, it was good. I liked it. I mean, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't terrible. It was like, all right, this is solid. What did you think? I appreciated that it made sense, which is something that we talked about. You know, mm-hmm. like in the past, sometimes they try to connect things that don't necessarily follow logically. Clearly, this one does. So I appreciated that factor. I also, um, I'm going to go ahead and predict this is not the last connection we see to Murder House because they built up so much the fact that there was a connection between the season and Murder House. So whether for some reason she revisits Montgomery's ghost or something like that, or something more along the lines, I mean, because obviously Murder House has the same kind of curse going on as the Hotel Cortez where people who die linger with unfinished business, right? Right. Um, so maybe we'll see something there. Maybe the Countess returns. Also, I'm still not rolling out the fact that we might see um, – Constance and her grandson at some point in this season. Maybe towards the very end. That would be amazing. Now let's talk a little bit about... Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about um, Liz Taylor and Tristan. Oh, a love story for our time. Um, so a couple things to note. Uh, we kind of suspected that maybe Tristan had um, questions about his sexuality early on, just like how aggressively he kept and continues to assert that he's not gay. Um, Not a relationship I expected, but uh, Liz is expanding Tristan's mind with literature and doesn't just act, find him stupid. And really, this is kind of the first time that Tristan is even somewhat of a likable character, in my opinion. I think I've kind of trashed him up until now. I, I, what's your take on this? I agree. It's, it came a little bit out of the blue that all of a sudden there's this like relationship that 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 is that deep, uh, deeply passionate, and, and and they're so that much in love. That being said, uh, as soon as they started interacting and talking, I my heart melted a little bit. I felt I felt this is a, a pure connection between the two of them, especially when Liz uh, talks about love and and how he could possibly or she could possibly love. Tristan, and then Tristan says he loves her, and then you just see both of them with their guards down, master, masterful acting by the both of them here, uh, and just seeing Liz have that connection was just, and even Tristan, who's not the most likable person, it, it was really uh, sweet uh, to see two people that haven't had the best lives kind of find each other, especially their shared love over literature and, and, and uh, not judging each other. The one part I wanted to, I was, I really liked a lot too, is a part you just brought up where uh, Tristan always uh, uh, denies that he's that he's gay, but he clearly is wrestling with whatever, however he wants to identify. Uh, and I, I really like this, especially for the transgender community, uh, that uh, Liz says it's okay, you're not gay because I'm a hetero woman, I'm a hetero girl. And I thought that was really cool because that is how Liz identifies and that is who Liz is. So it was pretty cool to see that, even though I, Lord knows Ryan Murphy probably wanted to work that in. But it was it was good. It was nice. It was a good relationship. I liked it. Even though it came out of the blue. It was political. Right. That part was like somewhat, I mean, obviously kind of a political statement, but a very natural one, which I felt mm-hmm. was different than the forced vaccination know, um, stuff. We were criticizing some of that last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah are different things. Um, so I really appreciated that part of it. Um, and really, I agree with you that I think my biggest criticism of this episode would be that we didn't have more time to build up this relationship. Yes. Um, that being said, I do think it was very surprisingly believable for char- two characters that seem very... Different. Kind of diametrically opposed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I credit a lot of that to the great acting. I mean... Agreed. I'll, even um, Finn Wittrock making finally making Tristan, you know... Um, not a purely like hateable character, but also, I mean, Dennis O'Hare. Oh my God, nailed it! I think is that, I mean he's is continues to nail. Yeah, it. out of all the actors and actresses, I mean, generally we talk about how amazing Jessica Lange is, and and Sarah Paulson. Even though we haven't seen a lot of Sarah Paulson recently, but I think this so far MVP is is uh, Dennis O'Hare. He's he's just incredible. If if he doesn't get an Emmy nod for that, this is, that's horseshit. It's ridiculous. He's yeah. Been, insane yeah mm-hmm. and I, I i agree with you that part where he says like you you know you seem you know he sees the girl in her and um you know she doesn't automatically think of him as just like a dumb model they you know their connection just seemed very legitimate it just yeah i just wish we'd had a little bit more time to build with that especially considering how this ends up ending at the end of the mm-hmm. episode uh. um and 
and they, I mean, obviously they agree that for now, you know, they're going to need it. They want to tell the Countess at some point, but, you know, Tristan especially wants to keep it a secret for now. Um, well, actually, at this point, so does Liz. Uh, in the meantime, the Countess is kind of d- doing her own business, um, trying to continue to seduce Drake so she can get her uh, dollars. <laughs> Make that money. Uh, which, is, which is interesting because, like, even you know, even with all her glamouring, glamming powers and stuff, she still can't make Drake get it up. So she calls in Tristan to, to do. And the they're business. like totally okay with it. It's kind of odd. Like, so my question about this relationship is: obviously, we know what the Countess's uh, motivations are here, but I'm curious what the motivations are for Drake. He doesn't seem like he needs to sleep with the Countess, and he does have this weird affinity for her, like as a as a person perhaps but sexually i don't understand the relationship of why that's important to him so i think that she's that she's manipulating his mind here ah yes and i think that i mean what made me specifically think that is when he says the line that like my mind and my dick are separate things yes right you know she she can manipulate his mind but she can't make him get a hard on mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> is is what is is kind of the underlying right. subtext that i read there right and so i think that's why you know it seems like he's just kind of along for the ride um, that makes sense yeah and i which is the same thing that she ultimately does to tristan when she like he doesn't want to obviously have sex with drake but she kind of manipulates him into doing it as well mm-hmm. um to, into being her fluffer she says oh tristan the hired fluff. Yeah, so that I mean, no, I don't know. Are you? I also feel like I started to actually feel bad for him. Yeah, when 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 she summons Tristan to go do that, I I don't know. I feel like the the timeline for so we've seen the Countess's relationships in the past with people like Ramona and uh, Donovan, which last for seemingly a few decades, and Tristan has been around for a couple weeks, and she's already like kind of bored with them and he's lost his infatuation with her and it just is the timeline's a lot quicker since this season began obviously probably for narrative purposes but it, it things are happening a lot faster than her relationships in the past have have gone when she's created a lover agreed and you know this might also be kind of um, a separate case because at the same time she is having to do something she hasn't had to do before in terms of um, seducing March to get his money, right? Mm-hmm. She's always had money in the past, so she could just pursue her Drake, love yeah. interests, her hobbies. Yeah. Or Sorry, Drake is yeah, who I'm talking about. So I think that she's got to, um, you know, because she has to dedicate all her energy to pursuing him, that's probably part of why Tristan lost interest so fast. Also, You're right, yeah. And plus... That part of why Tristan lost interest is because he's still questioning his sexuality. Right, and Tristan also you know, fell in love with someone a lot quicker than the other people did who ended up getting scorned by the Countess. And you're right, the situation is a little more dire for the Countess, so she has to seduce Drake uh, and keep that relationship uh, afloat for her to be able to survive at the at the Hotel Cortez. Well, and like you just said, Tristan is not as in love with her as Donovan or Ramona, right. who seem, well... Ramona was for a long time, but they seem to eventually fall out of love. Donovan, I think, especially we can see in this episode, is, like, obsessed, mm-hmm. I would say. Right. Like, fatal attraction level. Yeah, yeah. Sniffing panties and all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so now let's talk about room 33, which is where our friend Bartholomew lives. And interesting that she wore a white dress to see Bartholomew. Um, and we see, I mean, we don't see him in this scene, but we learn of him for the first time in this episode, obviously, and right. that he's still alive and that she still has him. What does the revelation in this episode that the Countess is a mother, does that change your perception of her and kind of her actions? It gives her uh, a little more of uh, a little, she ma- it makes her a little more dynamic as, uh, as a character, I think, because outside of being this all powerful, you know, she can pick and choose who her lovers are and cast people out when she wants. This gives her a little bit of vulnerability. Uh, we see a side of her that we, you know, and generally when you see someone's a mother, the re- this reveal was kind of a, a little hokey because we had no idea. Uh, that being said, it, it brings a little more, uh, it, it rounds her out as a character and not just a villain, I think, uh, um, now. Which, which... 
we could use with with uh, with her. And if we've learned anything in the past with uh, American Horror Story villains, is they are, there are many shades to their character on uh, on sides of good and evil. What did you think? I absolutely agree with you, and I do think that it's important we finally kind of get her uh, Achilles heel, so to speak, because mm-hmm. she has been kind of such a um, guarded kind of um, a character where you couldn't really sense what her vulnerabilities were, and it kind of um, it makes you even question more when she makes the remarks about like being hurt in the past and like how you you know being spurned is how you build and stuff um it really makes you uh, me curious to see next episode like what her and march's relationship was like and also what led her to try to get rid of her baby right in the first place i mean obviously we kind of um in this scene get a little bit of the feel like we know that um well, we knew from the opening that Bartholomew is not a regular baby. I think he slaughtered the nurse, and the minute he came out, yeah, basically. he like ate the nurse. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we know we already know something's kind of going on with him at this point. But also, he's a baby for forever. <laughs> so, is Bartholomew dead? I is he like a, a dead thing that's lingering? But then he wouldn't be able to leave I mean, the murder he, house. He would have died in there, right? Right, that's true. So he's he's alive, but he's just maybe he's a vampire. Maybe. Oh yeah, he's a vampire baby. I mean, he's eternally uh, an infant. So maybe she was turned when she was pregnant, which we haven't gotten that origin yet about how she became uh, who she is. Right? I don't think we have a vampire. We haven't got that story, and I don't think it's from March because, as far as we know, he wasn't a vampire. He was just a serial killer. Right. Um, yeah. So then, um, obviously, the Countess pieces out to Paris with Drake, where she continues to seduce him. Um, in the meantime, she kind of tasks Alex with keeping an eye on Bartholomew. And, uh, at this time is when Ramona and Donovan enter in all their epic style. Loved it. I love them strutting in together. It's, I mean, it's, it's like the mean girls walking down the hallway at high school. Right. Um, and they've come to slaughter the kids, and of course they already know about Bartholomew as well. So they've come to particularly slaughter Bartholo- Bartholomew. Well, that being said, Donovan, Donovan came, came to, to sniff panties upstairs. <laughs> um, but Iris and Ramona are kind of ready to do their do the business and go kill the kids. But of course, what they didn't know, and really this is just very lucky for the chemist's part, is they already had to move the coffins and the kids to a different place. To hide them from blow. So, um. So they split up. <laughs> they do split up, and two things go on here. You know, Donovan's up there sniffing panties when he runs into the dead Swedish chest. I'm glad to see them again. That was kind of fun. Uh. It was kind of fun. And I thought they were one and done. Random that they just happened to be yeah. there. Yeah, me too. Like, props. Um. It also made me think, though, like, why haven't we seen more dead spirits? Because there's probably so many people dead in this place. So many. Like, why don't we just see... Why haven't we just seen... Like the uh, thousands so of people, people that... Yeah, there's thousands of people that March has apparently killed, and we see, like, four or five occasionally. Mm-hmm. But uh, Donovan does a little, like... Exposition. Board schooling of them. Mm-hmm. And basically tells them that they have to have a purpose um, before they can pass on to the... Uh, other world, so to speak. Um, he also insinuates that he his purpose was the Countess and that he lost it when she died, even though he's not even dead. So that's not really... Maybe they're hinting at something like if he dies, he will stay around because he doesn't have the Countess. I guess so, yeah. Um, he, also tell, he also tells the story of that school teacher who decomposed in the bathtub, which another um, very shining reference... Uh, mm-hmm. Like you said, kind of gross exposition to just illustrate a point. Um, <clears throat> so we kind of realize that I think that's the last we see of Donovan this episode. I think that it's like we know that the girls are going to try to like find their purpose yep, now. I think so too. Yeah, I think that's that's it for him this episode. Mm-hmm. So um, Ramona goes to kill Bartholomew, and. Uh, he can protect himself clearly. 
just slashes. <laughs> she has that huge butcher knife. That was kind of a scream knife, wasn't it? Oh, it totally was. Yeah. Did did you get? I mean, this reminded me of Murder House when we would see the ball or the the point of view of the monster uh, uh, down in the basement, kind of like peeking around and like running around. It was shot. I I wrote down the name of the um, the uh, the director Lonnie uh, uh, Peristere or Peristere. I don't know how to pronounce his or her name, but. I thought this was shot awesome. It was really creepy, but it was fun. I liked it. It was really creepy. Yeah, I liked it. Me too. Me too. Um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, Bartholomew. So, yeah, wins. so basically, Bartholomew slashes Ramona. Yeah, he slashes her in the face and runs away. So I felt like Ramona kind of gave up real quickly after that. Yeah, she's come like, on, oh, Ramona. I'm gonna get a drink instead. I like the way she approached <laughs> him though. She's like Bartholomew. Mama wants to like, or I for, like, I forget what she says, but it's great. I think she said Aunt Ramona. Yeah. Aunt Ramona. Yeah. <laughs> um, so interesting here. Um, Liz confesses his love for Tristan to Ramona. So clearly they have a better relationship than the Countess and Liz. Yeah. Do. Like maybe they all those years that Ramona spent, you know, they they kind of got close. Which is kind of sweet. And, like, again, their relationship was believable, too, I felt. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, for Ramona to sense that there was something going on with Liz, that he, um, she was in love. Um, so let's jump ahead here to the Countess returning um, with Drake. And, okay, um, Lachlan is way too old for Drake to be carrying him like that when he's asleep. He looked like he was about to fall over with that giant kid in his it's arms. It's weird. Um, but I think we're, you know, we're kind of insinuating that at this point, the Countess has kind of won Drake over. Mm-hmm. And I think that marriage is, you know, everything's going as planned for the Countess at this point. Um, but Liz reveals her love to the Countess and reveals that it's Tristan. What... What do you think's going on with Liz? Because they were debating whether or not to... To tell the Countess. Uh, to be... What motivated Liz to tell, do you think? I, I really think... Because Li- everyone kind of advised her against it. Right, exactly. I th- Liz, for some reason, thinks that because the, because she's known the Countess for so long that this time the Countess will be understanding because it's true love. Uh, I, and I think you get blinded by love. And I clearly the, Liz really feels it deeply and thinks it'll be fine. Sorry. Hold on one sec. Yeah, no problem. I'll keep talking here. So I think, I think Liz thinks that that the Countess owes uh, her at this point for being in servitude for so long. Uh, you know, her loyalty has been undying to the Countess. Oh, no worries. Here, sorry, we're gonna have to cut this section out. No, that's fine. I think we should keep it. This is funny. So Tyler's now walking through the office because we're having to record this while he's at work and. I'm at work. Sorry, someone came into the conference room I was in, so I had to move to a different conference room. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. So <clears throat> yeah, so and and so, but Tristan's um, kind of worried about it too, but he wants to, but he's okay with it because he, as soon as the Countess brings them into one of the crappy hotel rooms, uh, uh, he shows up and and the Countess or Tristan says, "Oh, you told her." Right, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I think you're absolutely right that um, obviously Liz has a more idealized version of his her relationship with the Countess, maybe because of what the Countess, um, you know, how she helped him transform. Um, I think we debated last time whether or not really that was as um, selfless as the Countess really mm-hmm. uh, made it seem at the time. And I think this proves that maybe it's not, because clearly their relationship is not as good as Liz would like it or thinks it is. Um, and really, uh, this is pretty tragic. <laughs> um, you know, they... I, we get a little bit of interesting insight to how the Countess feels as a vampire who has been alive for so right. long. Um, I, thought it, I thought it was an interesting speech when she was talking about, you know, emotions being more like flavors. <laughs> yeah, that was a great conversation. So she, like... I forget all the ones, but I remember she says love tastes like rose water to her, and um, 
think betrayal tastes like ice chips in a martini. Yeah, um, and that moving on is her orgasm. <laughs> As Tristan gladly points but, out. Um, mm-hmm. As as Trist, yeah, as Tristan says, and he really makes a his point here is that I guess she doesn't actually you know she doesn't actually love Tristan. She doesn't forge any real relationships. That she everything for her is fleeting, and where she gets off, according to him, right, is through effectively like using people. Um, I don't know. Do you do you think I that's think true? it's a fair analysis because I th- I think she does have these infatuations. Uh, I don't know how deep her love is for a lot of these people. It seems legitimate uh with for how long she had ramona around and donovan around but the how quickly she turns on them uh suggests maybe that that is kind of more the case it's a slow build a slow burn for her to for her to dump uh these people after like 20 years each uh just if if she loves you know um dumping people that much and breaking hearts uh you think she would do it more often but I don't know. I think I think he, Tristan is hitting something kind of on the head there. As dumb as he might be, he is very perceptive on things that uh, the Countess probably uh, uh, likes to do more often than uh, than she would like to admit. Or maybe she maybe she knows it and she owns it too. I don't, I don't know. It's hard because she doesn't really divulge much about herself. And I think we can say um, that it seems to me like her relationship with, with Ramona was the one that was... The I most mean, legitimate? The the most legitimate. Just looking at the way how upset she was when... It didn't ju- you know, it wasn't just like this where she was like ice cold and then slaughters Tristan. Right. It's like she was cr- she was crying tears this whole mm-hmm. time. And like, you know, killed everybody and seemed like legit um, upset about it and like really brokenhearted. So I think that's an interesting observation um especially considering we have not i don't think that we haven't even seen the countess and ramona interact right. yet in, um in the in the modern day and i think um when we get some context next episode on the countess in march i'm hoping we get some more insight on to exactly kind of what motivates the countess here so obviously the sense with her slaughtering tristan um right in, in liz's arms which was tragic really right. she um, says okay he's yours <laughs> now go bury him damn is that the end of Finn Wittrock, or is he coming back as someone without a? Uh, I think we might. We'll probably see him again at some point. But he's also just a guest. Uh, he's just featured as a guest actor uh, on the show, so I don't think we'll see him a lot. But I think this is the turning point for Liz's character and her loyalty toward the Countess. Which at this point, I know we're about to go into it, but it seems that the Countess's only ally right now is Alex. Uh, who's brand new? Who's to the, brand yeah. new? She's, lo- she's lost Donovan. She's lost Iris. And, and Liz, gone. And, Liz. and I, I think it's fair to say there's. I don't see Sally feeling I, any specific. I think allegiance. Sally's allegiance is only to Sally. I think. Well, and maybe March. And maybe to yeah. keep him off her right. back. Yeah. Right. And in a weird way, perhaps so, John. Who, who I think she legitimately, or excuse me, legitimately is attracted yeah. to. Yeah. As is some of our listeners, <laughs> yeah. according to Facebook. He's a handsome guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he can't be that. It's a handsome guy. So that being the case, um, yeah, absolutely tragic, and I think you're absolutely, I think you're definitely right. Um, Liz is now going to be actively, I think, working with everybody else to take down mm-hmm. the Countess. So maybe this whole rest of the season is like the. Countess's downfall, I can only presume. I guess her allies also will Drake, but I don't know how yeah. good of an ally he's going to be. He doesn't really know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, he's glamoured, and he I don't know how effective he'll be. It would be interesting exactly. to see if she goes back and tries to get uh, March as on her side, because he seems fairly powerful within the hotel, or mm-hmm. within the ghost That's world true. of the hotel. That's very true. March doesn't really have any allegiances to any of the modern-day people mm-hmm. right now, other than he kind of seems to like yeah. Lo. Yeah. Um, so Lo begins this episode waking up next to Holden again. Mm-hmm. What did it, Holden's just kind of a little dick. He's just like Holden, <laughs> screwing with him. What are you doing? Just just let him know where you're at. Why do you have to run away? It's weird. I mean, maybe he wants to be with his dad, but I don't know. I mean, maybe they told him, like, when your dad's awake, you can't spend time with him. <laughs> yeah. So, what are the like, rules here? <laughs> chases him down to the pool where Lo finds Alex and 
everybody sleeping there. And I think he promptly passes out. Um, just probably overwhelmed by yeah. like not. I mean, you know, he's been so confused as to whether or not he's dreaming or not. He is so not. confused. His mind is a mess. Understandably. Well, and this episode is really plunging into his developing insanity. <laughs> um. But, you know, everyone's working, well, Alex specifically, is actively working to keep um, keep Lowe from knowing that her and Holden are there at the hotel. Mm-hmm. So, so Liz actually helps out with this, and they smash all those coffins. Mm-hmm. I, don't know why, I don't know why I had to smash them instead of just... Yeah, why don't you them, hide them? Made for some cool dramatic yeah. scene, yeah. <laughs> go get the broom? Why do you need the broom? Get, go get the dolly. <laughs> well, and it would have made for a lot more cleaning on that part, yeah. but... <laughs> So, yeah, they, you know. And then John again wakes up, this time to Alex, um, who is just kind of perpetuating, making him feel absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. Takes her down to the coffins, which are then right. gone. Uh, why does Alex feel like she needs to keep, she like, she, what's she afraid she of? She right now does not want to be found out that her and Holden are having this odd Oedipal relationship uh, together in in this hotel world. Clearly, this is her end all game to be with her son, and I think she's worried that if John finds Holden and her living this life, he will expose it and not and then take Holden away, take her away, and it will be over. So everything that she died for or became immortal for will have been for naught. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is she just wants him to. She wants Holden to herself too. Yep. Really. So Alex enlists those Swedish girls who we get this scene where they slaughter that business guy for fun. So there are so many butts in this episode. Like this was like full on butt butt city. Butt city nights. <laughs> butts. <laughs> and that scene with the like the businessman was um entertaining, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, kinda like that scene with um the girl in the bathtub. It kinda was not necessary. But it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like seeing the Swedish girls like, you know, they were victims in the first episode and now they're just I mean, they still are kind of victims in the sense of trying to find their purpose, but it, it was kind of fun try, seeing them try to figure it out by just murdering this like super buff uh asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and they were so sad. Not that uh they killed him at all, of course. But it didn't but work. That it didn't it wasn't their purpose. Yeah. <laughs> So Alex enlists them to help drive Lowe even more crazy. In the meantime, you know, he's gone, tries to go back to work for yet another commandments murder. Um, the Ten Commandments killer has a thing for ripping people's guts it's, out. That was pretty gross. Also, when this came, when this scene came up, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot the Ten Commandments thing is still happening. I, it seems like such a lost storyline that's it's supposed to be probably a narrative thread that moves us along through the whole season, but whenever it comes up, I'm like, Ugh, do I really care about this? I don't know. I'm more interested in what's going on at the hotel. Right, and it's nothing's happened with other than like for some reason the killer directed Lowe to the hotel in the first right. place. Nothing's really happened at the hotel with that since right. then. And I feel like we still haven't given any more clues to who the killer is other than maybe it's John gone crazy yeah. and his like alternate personality. Um, but interesting here, they never return to this, but um, Lowe's partner says they have someone in custody. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And they leave that and they leave that threat mm-hmm. hanging. Right. So that so that's kind of bizarre, too. Right, yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense because they're not going to tell him a lot of information because he's not a cop anymore. Well, and I can only assume it's not someone we're familiar with because we kind of saw all our characters this episode, right? Is there anybody I'm not I agree, of? and it's probably someone who who we've never met and is probably the wrong person. Yeah, maybe it'll be some cool guest star or something. Yeah, who have we not seen yet? I, don't know. I, I can't even remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we. Uh, another, well, that's another point to make, though, is those hipsters that died are still hanging around the hotel, with their purpose being they haven't gotten their. Kale or whatever. <laughs> their, their, their heated salad. They, they would be the worst ghosts. Uh, so John kind of is chilling in the hotel, getting drunk again. Um, he seems to be kind of embracing his breakdown at this point a little bit. Um, 
just appreciates the fact that he might be going nuts. Mm -hmm. And that's when the two chicks, the Swedish girls, show up. Um, As instructed by Alex. Alex has gone full-on villain now. She sucks. Which is good, because we didn't really like her initially. Now now we have legit reasons to not like her. (laughs) But, yeah. So the, the Swedish girls show up and seduce Mr. Lowe. Yeah, and, and we see more kinda, butts. I mean, he's he's pretty drunk. He kind of just goes with it real real quickly. Yeah, he's down. Um, and we do see more butts. In fact, we see <laughs> butts on butts on butts. When they start, well, when they start pouring blood in this kind of uh, <laughs> so weird, weird blood orgy sex scene, <laughs> um, which is not the first we've seen in this season. Let's point out. <laughs> True. Um, uh, he freaks out, runs out, covered in blood to the lobby, <laughs> which is so we can see his butt. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, and the best line is when he runs up to the front desk and Liz says, looks like that breakdown is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I love Liz. That's so great. Miss <laughs> Evers was great oh, in this episode, too, when he returns to the room. And she's, like, so pissed about <laughs> the, the linens and about how those Nordic types have no respect yeah. for fresh linens. <laughs> oh, that was a great. Yeah, I liked that. She's a racist against Nordic yeah. people. <laughs> So the girls and the Swedish girls are still there, and also March is there. Um, and uh, someone pointed out on inst- on our Facebook page uh, that he- March in this scene looks incredibly like Johnny Depp as Ed Wood. Um, mm, interesting, it, yeah. She's she, like a, pic- a picture to picture. They look almost identical. I thought it was pretty pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, so John just doesn't know what the hell's going on, and um, at one you know. He was all for embracing his breakdown before, but now he's kind of back to freaking out about right. it. Packs all his shit up and runs home, uh, including to accidentally pack Bartholomew in his suitcase. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Picks up Scarlet from the grandparents, so at least we know where she's been. Poor all this Scarlet. Time. Uh, you know, she's she's pissed at everybody. Alex has been missing. Dad's been at the hotel. Um you know, she notices the blood on Dad's shirt and kind of lets it go to watch cartoons, even though Lo should know better, and he's a need to go pick up his daughter at this point. Um, but he's just missing his family, I guess. Until uh, he finds Bartholomew crawling around the house and starts firing guns while on loads she's of watching guns. cartoons. And I, that shot, I thought, where like she's in the foreground watching cartoons, beautiful. And he's in the oh my god! With the gun, was the directing cinematography there? Fantastic. Awesome. I, I agree. It's it's the it's the two worlds and how messed up his is. And then and on it, yeah, uh, he hits Bartholomew with the bullets, which don't kill him. Right. Inter- I mean, obviously, that tells us a little thing about Bartholomew being somewhat immortal. There. Um. Also, uh, rightfully so, freaks the hell out of Scarlet. Scarlet just says, get away from me. And in those words right there, Scarlet has the most sense of any character on this show. Just get away from me. Go go live with your grandparents, because your parents yeah. are so far. Oh my now. god, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're taking Scarlet away to the grandparents. Oh, I like that part, though, where, where the cop is like, hey, do you want to say goodbye to your daughter? And she's like, no. Like, what a terrible mother. What a terrible person. No, just send her away. Nah, like you said, I'm good. I think, ah. I think Alex has embraced that, like, all she cares about is yeah. at this point. Yeah, Oh, man. <laughs> but she finds uh, Bartholomew um, and takes care of him. She does find Bartholomew. Also, interesting that Lo here can sense that Alex is living at the Cortez. Is it something about her being a vampire, you think, that he can like, well, feel that? Well, he saw her, remember, um, when he... Maybe she said he was hallucinating, but she did see him. So I think he's just kind of putting it together. The Mm, feeling plus... You're right. He did see him in the coffin. Uh So he now knows that she's there, I guess. Um, And of course, the last kind of scene of Alex we get in this episode is her rocking Bartholomew in room 33. Um, And the Countess coming home and being really appreciative, surprisingly. Not mad, but appreciative of Alex saving her son. Right, Exactly. So we kind of see them form this alliance, which is the only remaining alliance, like we said, for the Countess. Over motherhood. Um, we also, and we also see Bartholomew's kind of faces. This last, I was wondering if we were actually going to see Bartholomew in this episode, and we do. Pretty gnarly. Um, and he, well, he kind of looks like not fully formed, which would make sense if he wasn't quite ready to be mm-hmm. born yet, and he happened to survive an abortion. Um, but yeah, obviously it's supposed to be 
disturbing somewhat. So, man, <laughs> likes and dislikes of this episode. Dr. I loved it. I thought it was a great episode. It was fun. It was shot really well. Uh, a few things seemed to come out of the blue, but once you accept them for what they were, I think it made the story pretty strong. Uh, and I'm talking about Tristan and Liz's relationship and also the fact that Countess has a demonic baby, that immortal baby. Uh, I think I really liked the idea that we got to see... Um, low like breakdown but also kind of see how he's handling his family as well um it was i think the the scenes with the baby itself running around especially with the only person i would be really sad to see die is is scarlet so i felt like i was worried about her life uh and that for for me that kind of gave me a little bit of fear also when ramona was trying to find bartholomew i thought i was like oh no don't kill ramona like i don't know it was it was a little more fun and scary um so many butts i'm always happy to see a lot of butts uh i i really liked it i thought it was a good episode it was fun it, it definitely set the players in place for uh everyone against uh the countess with the exception of alex who's now become her homie so i'm excited to see where we go forward because we're about almost halfway when we're like we're about halfway here through uh through the season so we're, all the all the players are in place to to take the countess down. I, I liked it. I thought it was a good episode. I I would give it um, uh, four stars. I almost said four and a half, maybe four point two five, four and a quarter, four and a quarter stars. I really liked it. What do you think? Mm. I I very much liked it too. I think that you're right about there being things that kind of hopped up suddenly. Um, especially for me, I really wish we'd had a little bit more time with the Liz mm-hmm. and uh, Tristan romance, just because they did do such a good job of it, and it seems so natural. I would have liked to have seen like when did they first um, like run into each other and kind of realize that maybe they were right. interested. I feel like that would have been I would have appreciated that actually. So that that was too bad that we didn't get to spend more time with it. That being said, I really I believed it um, and enjoyed it. And I do think this episode was pretty well tied together in terms of all the storylines having kind of connective tissue and making sense together. Themes of love um, and themes of parenting, again. Right, right. And even, you know, Bartholomew being a part of kind of the low storyline and the Countess's, you know, storyline with Donovan and everything like that. And also, you know, Donovan talking to the Swedish girls that then goes to do low eventually. Um and then obviously the stuff with Liz Tristan and the Countess. It yeah, there was just everything was woven well together. I would say there were some awesome cinematic shots. Agreed with you the the creepy bedroom scene with Ramona, and um, I, I absolutely loved that one at um, back at Lowe's house with Scarlett. Moving forward, I'm excited for sure to see more background on. Um, the countess and march and what her motivations are and maybe we'll i'm sure we'll get more details about how bartholomew came to be and hopefully what how um ramona got turned or sorry not ramona the countess got turned in the first place who turned her is something i'm really curious to see um lois over the past couple few episodes now three episodes has continued to descend into madness how much longer is that going to last you know it seems like he's reaching max insanity at this point right so something's got to take him back to the hotel Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be, but he's uh, definitely at that point. I hope something happens with that soon because, you know, I've appreciated it, but I feel like we're getting to the point where he can't just be going crazy. He's, he's got to full-on embrace the world it. Or, yeah. Or die. <laughs> or die, yeah. One or the other, but let's have something happen there. <laughs> um, so that's those are kind of my – if I had to nitpick at stuff, those would be the couple things I would say. Um, also uh, – Bummer to lose Finn Whitrock, to lose Tristan right when I finally <laughs> <laughs> Um So that being said, I really liked this episode too. There's It had a lot of strong points. I would agree with you for a quarter. All right. I'll say it too. So, so eight and a half. Not bad. That's a good episode. Not bad at all. I would say that this season has consistently um, had pretty high rankings for yeah. us, which has not always been the case, especially at the middle of the exactly. season. Exactly. So... I'm happy with it. I'm excited to see where things are going. And like we said in the preview, I think we do get more on March and Countess. And also, um, it looks like some long dead people are starting to come out at the at the Cortez. Excellent. So, yeah, can't wait to see what happens there. Anyway, yeah, sweet episode. <laughs> um, of course, everybody, uh, looking forward to uh, 
talking next week's episode over with you guys. And of course, hit us up on Facebook at This American Horror Story and also Gmail, This American Horror Story at gmail.com. Um, and yes, rate us, review us on iTunes. Chris, where can people find more of your stuff? On all those social media things, at Chris Husted and Snapchat, the Chris Husted. Tyler, what about you? You birthday boy. <laughs> Same for me. That is at TJMoss11. Check us out. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you hanging with us for another episode of This American Horror Story. And um, until the, uh, next time, happy hauntings.